This weekly podcast inspires you to step outside of your comfort zone. My name is Zakir Muhammad, and I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivator strategist, author, and world traveler. This Living Legacy Podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are single and married. They are artists and entrepreneurs who run businesses and juggle parenthood. If you are ready to hear interviews about professionalism, entrepreneurship, travel, life, and love, you are in the right place. They will share stories of how they overcame adversity while seeing life through a different lens. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Living Legacy Podcast. Today, I have the honor of talking to Amy E. Smith. She is a certified confidence coach, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert. As the founder of thejoyjunkie.com, Amy uses her role as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. With a key focus on helping people find their voice, she is sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor. So let's give Amy a warm, warm welcome. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for being here on the Living Legacy Podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. That sounds, whenever I hear anybody read that, I go, oh, that sounds kind of fancy. That's you. <laughs> so thank you for allowing me to come and hang out. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's, let's go right into talking about ways to just spread joy today. Like, first of all, where did Georgia can come from and what ways are you spreading joy in this tough, tough world today? Yeah, it's interesting. So it it started off as a very logistical decision to name my company The Joy Junkie. And it, it, it originally, I kind of felt that there were so many people who were addicted to all sorts of things that didn't bring them joy, didn't bring them fulfillment, and not even in the sense of addicted to substances, but addicted to approval from other people, the opinions of other people, uh, people pleasing or addicted to perfectionism or uh, overachieving so much, uh, which I don't think is a problem. I don't think achievement's a problem, but losing themselves completely to I am only who I am on paper or things like that. So I thought what would shift if we were as obsessed with joy and our fulfillment and our happiness and the end result as we are to checking off all of these boxes of, I have to have the perfect partner, I have to have the perfect house, I have to have the perfect business. What if we were as obsessed with our own fulfillment and what, what might shift for us? But sort of on a logistics standpoint, I thought, okay, if I ever change my niche and I don't know, want to go into nutrition coaching or I want to start a mechanics, <laughs> an auto body place. It could be the joy junkie auto body, you know? And so I thought, let's choose something that I could change niches inside my, uh, under that brand after I had trademarked it and things like that. So, um, but I think really obviously similar to you that a lot of our past, a lot of our own story informs what we then teach and what we then share and the message that we bring to the world. And for me, I grew up in, in a very conservative born again, Christian family. And there were, a, there was a lot of motivation from guilt and fear and not allowing yourself to be who you truly are. And 
it wasn't until I really got anchored in finding my voice with my family, which kind of came to a head in 07 when my father passed away. And I, by all accounts, I was winning at daughter. I had a background in makeup artistry. So for his funeral, I did his makeup for the viewing. So doing dead dad makeup, I felt like I was winning at daughter that day. You know, I spoke to the crowd. Uh, and then we get back home to my mom's house and she says, she found it the most opportune time to say, it feels as though your father and I have failed as parents because myself and my two younger brothers weren't subscribed to the faith any longer. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because also a bit of context is that my two younger brothers had done jail time, had had a bunch of trouble with the law. And, you know, I was the one who was working since I was 14 and got out of the house and put myself through college and all of those things. And, and to be then grouped in the, you're a disappointment because you don't believe what we believe. After I had just put makeup on my father, his corpse and spoken at his eulogy. And, and that was really a changing point for me where I realized there is a cost to making everybody else happy. And I know you've been quite candid about this with, with your divorce. Like there is a way in which we sacrifice ourselves also disproportionately as women. We want to make everybody else happy. We're told we need to take care of everybody else's emotions. And that was when I realized it's not always an ultimatum, but if it comes down to, I need to either choose to make you happy or I need to choose to make me happy, I'm going to choose me. And that became this huge piece of the work that I do, which is, is the internal component of believing that what you want matters, that you are valuable and worthy and enough already like that internal belief and then the external component of now how do that i communicate that with the world now what does that look like in my business in my brand what does that look like with tough conversations with boundaries with saying no how do i verbalize that and for me that has now become really kind of the the nucleus of what i do which is teaching people how to be vocal and speak up for themselves and say no and not feel guilty and um so that the end result is joy right so that the end result is what we want to feel which is a personal sense of pride in ourselves and fulfillment and happiness so that's a little how that unfolded i love that and it's definitely a well-needed niche even if you do change it's definitely well needed <laughs> <laughs> yes and obviously I'm being silly about having an auto body. <laughs> but you never like, know. You never know. Some people you, literally pivot. That's what they've had to do, especially in 2020. They're like, you know what? I, I like what I do, but I'd rather be a mechanic. I've always loved, you know, some people just all of a sudden go back to their roots of what they love to do as a child. And who knows? That's probably what it was. Yes. I mean, who I would have never known 2020 was going to go this direction. So yeah, I completely, <laughs> I completely agree with you. So let's talk about boundaries. Um, first of all, not many people like to talk about them. Some people, if they are people pleasers, don't know how to set them. So what was that like for you getting to that point? And what is the trend that you've observed um, with the people that you work with to help them to get to that point? 
Well, I'll tell you what, after that first kind of confrontation with my mom around that, where I sort of had that epiphany of, oh, I either keep twisting and contorting myself to fit into your mold, or I honor who I am and stand in my authenticity and make peace with you not liking it, right? Like, I think that's one of the things that we don't realize about starting to speak up about establishing boundaries is we will experience sort of this dichotomous response or this dichotomous emotion where on one side we feel incredibly proud of ourselves for speaking up for setting that boundary but then on the other side we might be incredibly saddened with how somebody receives it they might not like that, especially if you've been sort of an acquiescer and a people pleaser your whole life. When you start speaking up and standing up for yourself, you will notice very quickly that a lot of people like the doormat version of you. They like that version that just gives in. So there's a very real kickback that we feel when somebody doesn't receive it well. And the initial response is to go, oh my God, I shouldn't have said anything. And instead, we look, I encourage people to go, okay, no, thank you for showing me that I've needed this boundary this entire time. And the trajectory for me was quite tumultuous. So when I finally kind of came out to my mom as not aligning with the religion I was raised in, she, I became very combative. It was almost like all of the floodgates had opened. And now I wanted to talk about all of the things that we felt polarized against, right? And I wanted to bring up gay rights and I wanted to bring up abortion. And I wanted to bring up all these things that I had stifled for so long. And I did it in a very unkind way. And it wasn't until years of kind of fumbling my way through it that I realized oh, okay, you can actually deliver a boundary. You can speak up for yourself and you can do that with grace and kindness. You can be both assertive and kind. And that was after many, many years of trying to figure that, <laughs> figure that learning that the hard way. And that now is what I teach people how to do. Like, what do you do when you want to ask for a divorce? And how do you do that with grace and kindness? What do you do when you need to ask your adult children to move out of the house? How do you do that without being combative? How do you tell your partner that you want to go back to school and you're concerned about their support? Like all of these things, or even on the very small scales of now what we're dealing largely with in our society uh, with a lot of the social unrest that has erupted. And I know this is not new, uh, but I think there are more people being willing to talk about it in a way that we haven't seen before. And there's a lot of that that I'm like, let me tell you what to tell your racist ass uncle at Thanksgiving. Let's talk about, you don't get to let that slide anymore. And what are the verbiage? What's the wording? What are the actual phrases that I use? Because a lot of times with boundaries, we get so, uh, I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm just fucking offended. And I don't know what to do except go to blows. And there are ways to be incredibly articulate and speak up for yourself. So um, boundaries are a tricky one because I think for a lot of people, especially if you tend to be more introverted or a little bit more quiet, 
once you get the guts up to actually deliver a boundary, we're like, whew, done, cool, done, I said that. But like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are going to swoop back in and go, I don't think she really means that. I don't think she, oh, she just took some seminars. She just listened to some podcast. She just thinks that she's going to lay down and then. Oh, she just full of herself. She, she's having a bad day. <laughs> right. They want to dismiss. They want to write it off. And so then I think one of the big pieces of boundary setting is the enforcement is going, hey, remember when we had that conversation? I really meant it. Perhaps I didn't share with you how incredibly important that was but I wasn't joking and I would appreciate it if fill in the blank, you know, delivering that very specific boundary and giving yourself the grace that it's probably going to be messy before it gets really seamless and that it just takes practice. Absolutely. So I definitely took away three things that I my, the listener would probably be writing down. It should definitely speak up no matter what, because once you do speak up, it'd be like a weight lifted off your shoulder um, to have grace with yourself and with the other people um and to obviously set them set them first and foremost because it's definitely good for you so those are definitely good tips yes well and i think there's a, a mantra that i operate under with kind of that first point that you mentioned around speaking up and it is do not allow your silence to make you a liar i think so often we stand by, especially now, like people saying things that are offensive, people saying things that are unacceptable, and it's scary to speak up. And it's, um, and in, in some cases, it, a threat of violence, right? And so being really, really needing to tread lightly on how can I speak up for myself in a way that is, is both powerful, but then also safe. And I, I don't know if I'm entirely the best person to speak on that, but that mantra of do not allow me, do not allow my silence to make me a liar keeps me really honest. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a very small example. I used to do quite a bit of community theater and there was a gentleman who I was doing a show with who showed me a meme on his phone that was incredibly disparaging to a mentally and physically disabled child. And to me, that doesn't constitute comedy. That's not funny. That's not something that we should be sharing. So in that moment when he's like, hey, look at this, ha 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 ha, it would be very easy for me to just like, oh, ha ha, and walk away, right? But I knew that if I did that, I would be complicit. I would be allowing my silence to make it seem as though I was okay with that, which I most certainly was not. So I said, I would really appreciate it if you didn't show me stuff like that in the future. I actually don't find that funny. All right, see you later. I'll see you on the stage or see you in the green room. And that's one of the other things that I think people misunderstand about speaking up or about boundaries is you don't always have to get into a full-blown debate. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, I actually don't share that opinion and I'm going to politely excuse myself. That's enough to say, I'm not aligned with you, but I'm sure as fuck not going to get into it with you. <laughs> but I have enough respect for myself that I'm not going to waste my time and energy in that way, but I'm not going to let you think that I agree. And so I also heard that there's levels to agreeing to disagreeing in that, in that, in that instance too. Completely, because there are times when there are people in your life who I think elaborating and actually having a very conscious 
conversation about being on different sides of the spectrum can be can be awesome but i also think that there's people who aren't capable of that you know who who aren't capable however i do feel very strongly that if you come at people already ready to do battle already adversarial already angry you're more likely to elicit the same response from them so i think that the way in which we speak up is not for them it's not because they deserve it it's because we want to get what we want right like we have something that we need to have heard and so i want to communicate that way in the best way possible so that somebody can hear me um so how can i up my chances and i know that for me that looks like having that grace and kindness but also with assertiveness i don't share that opinion or i'd appreciate it if you didn't talk like that in front of me i'm going to politely excuse myself things like that where it's like yeah that wasn't cool that wasn't acceptable um and then i do think that there absolutely are times when grace and kindness don't work and you do need to call in the big guns and you know that that's definitely a sliding scale it depends on you know the nature of the relationship or what we're talking about too mm -hmm. and and just as you were speaking it was reminding me of a previous episode on a living legacy podcast with tabitha Liburd, and we literally talked about conflict management strategies so she is a conflict strategist conflict manager strategist she went from a lawyer to wanted to help those who need that mediation and she gave great tips so all the listeners definitely check that out because i feel like that's a great supplement check this episode out check that episode out and hopefully we hope that you have resources out there to you know manage the tough times and uh find ways to get back to self-love this episode is sponsored by talkspace Sometimes, you just need someone undivided attention to talk to in a non-judgment matter. If you already tried therapy, you know that it can be difficult to wait days or weeks until your next appointment. With Talkspace, you can send your therapist a message anytime, anywhere. Whether you're near a laptop, tablet, or smartphone, your conversation carries over seamlessly across devices and uses banking-grade encryption to keep it safe and confidential. Get $150 off your first week with my code 162 eight four four eight that's one six two eight four four eight what are some resources that really helped you um it could be anything books podcasts people uh resources that really helped you to uh get to that point of self-love and get to the point of where you are now yeah well i think possibly one of the most influential things as a concept that has hit me has been uh, the topic of emotional intelligence and learning how to be with whatever it is that I'm feeling, but then understanding that my feelings don't necessarily dictate reality. They don't necessarily, and they never dictate my worth. So for example, I think there are situations where, you know, perhaps we're we don't get a business deal that we were looking for, or a launch doesn't go well, or somebody re rejects us, doesn't want to go on another date, or they want to break up. We get passed up for promotions or whatever it might be. 
And we take that emotion that we're feeling, which is sadness, despondence, irritation, frustration, anger, rage. And we take all of those things that we're feeling and we make that mean something about our self-worth. We collapse that and we go, okay, that must mean now that I'm not enough or that I'm not worthy or that I'm not lovable. Instead of recognizing that our emotions are there just to tell us something is going on. They're just messengers to say, hey, pay attention. Something's happening. Much the same way we have physical pain. You know, I get pain in my knees sometimes and it's not up to me to be mad at my knees. It's up to me to go, hey, hey, baby, what you talking about? What are you telling me? You know, oh, okay, I'm coming to your rescue. I'm going to be easier on you. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take it a little more, you know more steady. So I think the same is true for emotions, but emotions are dramatic. And so when we are feeling something so acutely, we very oftentimes will collapse it with our self-worth. The same is true even for the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, we get lots of compliments or accolades or, or we get the next client or whatever it is. And then we go, oh, okay, if, I'm, if that happens, then I must be valuable. Then I must be enough. So there is a tool that I teach with my students and that I use all the time to help work, work with uh, emotional intelligence around whatever I'm experiencing. And I know you've talked about this too. Like if you need to cry, cry. If you need to scream, scream. If you need to Netflix it out forever, do it, right? Like, you know, do whatever you need to do. And I think that's a part of us being with our emotional self instead of running from it. That's what we're trained to do, right? And I know in your conversation with Dr. Lulu, it was, it's all about, you know, we don't want to feel. You don't get to see that. Shut it, that shit down. And many people are raised in homes like that where you're not allowed to be anything other than happy. And so keep everything else to yourself. And that's a detriment. That's a detriment to who we are and how we function as humans. So the tool that I use is called NAC. It's an acronym. It's N-A-C. And the N stands for notice and name. So what is the emotion that I'm feeling right now and naming it? Because that's emotional intelligence. We're not taught that, right? We're like, go to school, get a job, good luck with everything else. But we don't teach people how to contend with fear, how to name their emotions, how to advocate for what they're feeling. So notice it, name it. What is this? Frustration, overwhelm, sadness, rejection. What is it? The A stands for ask. What is behind this emotion? What is actually happening here? And looking at sort of the scenarios and the situation, the C stands for choose. And you're going to choose two things. You choose your behavior and then you also choose your self-talk. So I'll give you an example of a student of mine, and it's a very innocuous situation. So she had, she was super exhausted from work, super drained. Her sister wants to like talk to her about her day. And she realizes that she's being super short and snappy with her sister. And she's like, why am I so irritated? So she checks in with the knack tool. She goes, okay, notice and name what is happening. Okay. Total irritation. Okay, what is really happening here? What's happening is that I had a really, really long day and I also want to be there for my sister. I genuinely want to hear how her day is going, but I'm at my limit. 
that's what's really happening here. It's not that she's being super annoying. It's that I need to own what I need in this moment. So then she choose, go to choose, choosing my behavior. So it was, you know what? I really want to be there for you. I want to hear about your day, but to be honest with you, I am at my limit. Can we table this? Can we chat about this tomorrow? Asking for what she needs. Self-talk, then choosing that self-talk of saying to herself, you are allowed to feel what you feel. You are allowed to ask for what you need. You are, um, this is you practicing your communication skills, you know, so following that up with self-talk that is powerful as well. So that's definitely one I use. Very helpful. Very helpful. And I feel like uh, indirectly, I feel like I started doing that anyways. I started writing down, instead of uh, writing down the negative thoughts I do have about myself, flip it into something positive. So instead of uh, feeling like a launch didn't go well, just say, I have the opportunity to impact people. You know, people were educated. People did like it just because that what you expected out of it did not happen. Did that mean that nothing happened at all? Just because you sold uh, a smaller number of books than you thought does not mean that you did not sell at all. So those are definitely great ways to take a step back, um, look within before exerting uh, whatever you feel. So those are definitely great tips. Yeah, I ag- I absolutely agree with you. I think I think there can be a place where. <laughs> I don't know if you see this a lot. It just drives me absolutely crazy. When you're looking through Instagram or Facebook or something and you see these memes that are like, just think positive, you know, or just love yourself. And I'm like, really? I'll get fucking right on that. When you're in the middle of a divorce that's killing you or when you're in the middle of a launch that didn't go well. So I think that what you're saying is absolutely applicable but I think we need that first step of grief, that first step of mourning to really allow the space for that disappointment. And then once you've grieved that, once you've let it all out, then you can start moving on to that place of what is the good that came out of this? What are my learning points? But when you're in the middle of like let's say it's the day you got passed over for a promotion, it's really hard to see all the good things in that. In those moments, I think it's about giving yourself the freedom to grieve, to be bummed out. And then once you've allowed yourself to feel that, then moving on to, okay, what was my learning? And that gestation period is different for everybody. And sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a couple months. Like it depends exactly what what you're going through but I do think that trying to go oh nope everything's good I learned my lesson and I see the bright side and there's a can be it's almost like you're trying to put a band-aid over a wound and it's like no 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 let's get some stitches out let's really clean this bitch out and make sure that we're okay you know what I mean um it's not a band-aid situation so that we can heal so that we can repair and um yeah, so I'm with you on that. Now, I have a couple of fun questions that I've started to do with guests. Are you ready? Uh, I don't know. Okay, we'll see. We'll find out. The first question is, when this is all over and more places open up to travel, what's the first place you want to travel to? The first place I really want to travel is Ireland. Uh, my husband and I celebrated we just celebrated our 21 year wedding anniversary 
and we have wanted to go to Ireland for the last two decades and never have been able to. Well, we booked a trip in May, this past May, and oh. had to cancel all of it. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. So yeah, worse things have happened for sure. But that has been sort of one of those bucket list things that I can't wait for us to actually do that and be able to do it in a safe way. I love that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And in the meantime, just set your desktop screensaver to your favorite landmark in Ireland. <laughs> yes. I'm curious for you, where, what's the first place you want to travel? Oh, well, see, I, I, I'm just itching. I love water, any place with the beach. So I'm itching to be near water. And it does not have to be a place that requires a passport stamp. So I'm okay with uh, Hawaii. I mean, I've done Puerto Rico, but um, maybe I could go back there. Hawaii, um, maybe not someplace too far, so not Guam. Um, actually, uh, probably even the St. Kitts uh, Virgin Island, because my maternal grandfather is from there, and I've never met him, you know, uh, I, and I don't know much about him, but I would love to just go there, see if I feel his energy, maybe, so. Oh, cool. Somewhere, somewhere around the water. Nice, nice, very <laughs> cool. Okay, and question number two, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want your legacy to be? Ooh. That's a good one. I think the feminist in me would really want all women to truly know their value and to say that, that I was a pivotal piece of them learning that and coming home to who they really are. I've had a lot of people tell me that they, they signed up to work with me thinking that they needed fixing that there was something wrong with them, that they were uniquely broken. And what they really discovered was that they needed to stop apologizing for all of the things that they were and that they needed to learn to embrace the beauty that they of who they are. And when people tell me, you, you made, you allowed me the the methodology because i don't think i did it i feel like they did it but you gave me the gift of seeing that i am enough and that i am worthy that's what i want people to say you know and that and when you believe that it has a ripple effect that's when you are able to advocate for yourself and you are able to establish boundaries and make choices that honor what you really want in this world so yeah thank you for asking that yeah, no, no problem. I mean, that's perfect. Um, that's a great way to, I, I feel like it's a great post to know too. Like this is, this is my reminder every day when it gets tough too. <laughs> but what, um, what do you think would be able to be implemented if there was a woman of color who wanted to work with you, but say they have different situation, um, more traumatic situation that kind of made it seem like things are just a little bit more difficult than, uh, it may appear, you know, to be? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think one of the things that's really important to me as a, a very white woman, <laughs> like there's no, no tan even at all, is uh, to not pretend that I understand that, to not pretend that, um, that I have any uh, real world experience of what that's like. Um, and to also not monopolize that. You know, I, I had a, a beautiful black woman who I worked with who, you know, 
we worked through, we actually had a, a lot of similarities with our childhood and it ended up working out brilliantly. And it was really amazing because during all of the stuff that was happening in May around George Floyd's death, she had put up a Facebook post that was really her standing in her power and and speaking up and and she was very demure and kind of soft-spoken and wasn't super extroverted and so speaking up really was a challenge for her and i wrote something on there like just like yes preach or like absolutely yes i'm with you or you know something encourage a very short encouraging thing and then she wrote back there's no way i would have been able to do this without you and I was like, ah, I'm doing something for the resistance. Oh my God. You know? So, um, cause I was feeling very worthless at the time and helpless in a lot of ways. And so that, that was extremely powerful. I think the thing about the work that I do is I have seen people who have undergone extreme types of trauma in their past and abandonment and, um, it all comes down to, are you able to be seen by whoever you're working with? So I think, I don't think therapy is for everybody. I don't think coaching is for everybody. I'm also a hypnotherapist. I don't think that's for everybody, but I do think that there's a practitioner for everybody. And that comes down to, do I feel safe with this person? Do I feel seen with this person? Do I feel heard with this person? And that is something that I always strive uh, to do, no matter what somebody's circumstances. Yeah, I hope. That's a, I hope Bravo. that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels true for me. So, <laughs> yeah, perfect, awesome. Now I feel like some resident, uh, if they're not already googling you while listening, they want to know where to find you. So where can I send them? And what uh, kind of free offer do you have also? Well, I've got tons of free stuff for you to get your hands on. So my corner of the internet is thejoyjunkie.com. And junkie is spelled J-U-N-K-I-E. And it, over there, you'll find a litany of freebies. The first thing that you'll see on the front page is a free ebook and audiobook that I have specifically around more tactics and tools, very linear descriptive things that you can start doing as practices to help bolster confidence and self-love so that you are able to establish boundaries and speak up for yourself. Uh, I do a weekly podcast as well with my husband. We've been doing it for, gosh, seven and a half years, which is crazy. <laughs> and so that that's also a lovely little freebie. You can find us on all major platforms, but that might be a way for you to kind of get to know uh, my method and my work and, you know, kind of how I, I speak and teach, but yeah, lots of good freebies over there. And then you'll inevitably get down the rabbit hole of all a bunch more freebies that come up along the way. If you uh, subscribe to either of those. And I'm also on all social media platforms under the joy junkie handle as well. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So I definitely link it in the link. Um, so people can go to the show notes on livinglegacypodcast.com to check those links out. Thank you. And thank you for doing the hard work uh, so that more uh, women of all colors can step up, speak up and live their full potential. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com. Do you have any suggestions on a topic you want to be talked about? Send me an email or leave them in a review. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends.